Well, Merry Christmas to you. It's good to have you here this morning. And we're taking another uh, journey, if you will, in our study here at Christmas time. In your bulletin, you'll find an uh, outline to follow along with if you'd like. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. We were in Luke chapter 2 last couple of weeks. And here this morning, we'd like to consider Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. And uh, this is about more than just the, the story of the Magi. This is about your journey, your journey in life. And there's many aspects of this, uh, many features of this uh, story in this passage of Matthew tw- uh, chapter 2 and the, the Magi that um, if you'll take time on your own to look it over and uh, let it sink in. There's many uh, wonderful gems here for us to learn from in their, uh, in their example to us. So... Um, I'd like to jump right in here as we consider Matthew chapter 2, starting at verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Right away, we're introduced to a group known as, uh, uh, as the Magi. And they're from the East. And this is a group of men who loved the study of science, the study of astronomy, even the study of religion, uh, were adept at interpreting dreams, as well as magic and sorcery experience on the side, if you will. They were not kings, I'm sorry to say. They were not kings. Uh, just keep in mind, we sing, you know, if we sing, uh, we three kings of Orient are uh, bearing gifts. We travel afar, okay? But they weren't kings, all right? They were wise men. They were of the group called the Magi, and we're familiar with that in the book of Daniel and um, in other sources other than the Bible even. And uh, I don't see the number three here, do you? But whatever, this is what we get from the text, that there is a group coming and saying, we want to see this king. We don't even know what country they were from. Uh, as you study and, and dive into it deeper and deeper, you see people, uh, commentators and such, uh, saying that they may have been from Persia or Babylon. But they did, for sure, create quite a stir. And so they had come from afar, that's true. Um, How they came, whether it was camels or horses or what, we don't really know. But they came from afar, and they came with one purpose. And there's a lot of things that we need to pay attention to in this little study here about these guys. And their stir was that not just the question they were asking, but who they were. These were not fellow Jews showing up to Jerusalem. These were Gentiles. 
And what were they asking about? (laughs) They were asking about the king of the Jews. We're here to see him who is born king of the Jews. And, oh, by the way, we've come to worship him. Now, it doesn't exactly tell us, you know, how they went about it. They didn't go to see King Herod first. They just started coming into Jerusalem saying, hey, we're here to see the king of the Jews. He was born king of the Jews. We want to see him and we want to worship him. And they're Gentiles and they're coming to the the capital of, of Judaism, Jerusalem. And they're asking this question. Can you imagine being a good religious Jew and these foreigners, these strangers, these Gentiles come in asking about this? I'm supposed to know this. And you're asking me, and so it threw the, the whole place into a stir, into a commotion. It says that everyone was troubled. They, they, um, verse 3, look at verse 3 in chapter 2. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Okay? So, this is how we get started. Now, before we get into the outline, what we need to know and, and keep in mind and remember... Um, Last week, we talked about Luke chapter 2 and the good news of what? Come on, you remember? (laughs) Of great joy. The good news of great joy. We said it about five times at the beginning. And I tried to orchestrate that like a cheerleader or something. (laughs) But it's good news of great joy. That's what was announced. And the very next statement is, and this is to what? All peoples. That's what the angel, the messenger of God said. Okay? And so, here is a walking and living and breathing example of it. Of Gentiles, uh, this group of wise men, the magi, showing up. And yeah, they probably were pretty impressive looking. It wasn't just like, it was just the... The guys, they had to have had, you know, you would think they would have had to have had some, some people helping them along this journey. They weren't doing the Greyhound bus thing, that's for sure. You know, they were traveling and it was dirty and it was long and weary. But they had supplies get through the, the trip that they were on. But see, this idea that it was for all people, that goes back to Genesis, to the promise God gave Abraham, right? Genesis, mark it down. Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, where he says all, that all f- the families of the earth, that all the families of the earth would be blessed through Abraham and his descendants. Well, look at chapter 1 of Matthew. Look at chapter 1 of Matthew. How does it start? Look at it. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of... There he is, Abraham. And we have this genealogy given. That wasn't just to bore you. That was given for a reason. To show he's of the the right line. Of Abraham and of David. The kingly line. Here he is, the Messiah. And so he's from the, the line of Abraham and the line of David. Okay? So that's a, a very important build-up. For our understanding that this genealogy is there demonstrating here's, here's the real deal with the Messiah being born. Along with that, you can jot down these references. We're not going to read them now, but John 3.16, 
and John 4, 42, about that here's, here's the Savior for the world. He's being offered up for the sins of the world. And so he arrives. And, and here's, here's a group of Gentiles coming from far away. We don't know the exact mileage they put on their horses or whatever. But it was a long trip. And they, here they are, a group of Gentiles coming to Jerusalem, searching out the king of the Jews to come worship him. So let's give ourselves to their example and the significance of walking in wisdom. There you go. Walking in wisdom in your life. Don't just pass this over as a cutesy little story. But learn about walking in wisdom today in your life. Okay? As these wise men chose to do. Listen, knowledge is important. Knowledge is important and knowledge is empowering. Okay? But we are warned in Scripture... Not to be arrogant with knowledge. Not to be puffed up with knowledge. Wisdom is the key. We must have wisdom. We want to grow in knowledge. The Bible says grow in knowledge and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we need to grow in knowledge. Grow in things that you learn from the word. But always come over to say, God, I need wisdom Because what's the difference between knowledge and wisdom class? It's taking what you know and applying it. Not just knowing what you know. Not just having a, a stack of knowledge filed away in your brain. But taking what you know and applying it. Wisdom. So, you know, it's it's more than getting straight A's in school. Listen, students, keep getting straight A's. We like that. That's good. But it, it, the idea is that it's, it's more than that. Wisdom is more about possessing know-how over being a know-it-all. Okay? We want to have know-how in our lives. We want to teach our children that and our grandchildren, etc. But we want to help them to know how, not just know. That's one of the things we gain and glean from this passage. Okay? The wise men somehow knew. And that's what we want to investigate a little bit here. So, number one, <laughs> their journey, their journey, you can call it journey of faith, a journey of life. But their journey started, number one, initiated by God. Initiated by God. Letter A, it's, it's, it was following his sovereign plan. Okay? And we have that. You know, we could say, well, he, here's Matthew chapter 1. Chapter 1, the genealogy unfolding before us. No one man put that together. That was God. Okay? And God, remember I've said the last two weeks in our time together that this is God coming through with His Word, coming through with His promise to keep His Word that the Messiah would come. So God's keeping His promise. It's His sovereign plan. And you know what He wants? Just like with the the wise men, the Magi, He wants to bring about people who are walking in faith, who worship the King. Who worship the King. 
and he wants them from not just the Jewish nation, but all nations, all tribes, all tongues of people. And that's what we see here. Okay? It's also interesting, very interesting, letter B, by way of sovereign provision. His sovereign provision is really because of his revelation to man. His revelation. And it's through, uh, under letter B here, it's, it's through his prophecies. He gave it to his people and it was recorded in his word. Here are the prophecies that we have of the coming Christ. But in particular, Numbers 24, 17. Okay? Numbers 24, 17. If you'd like to turn there, go ahead, but I'm reading it right now. (laughs) I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. Okay? There's a prophecy of the Messiah right there. Numbers 24, 17. That a star will come forth. That's God's doing. And then it's followed by his people. Here's his prophecies that are, that are sovereign provisions and his people that plant seeds along the way. In particular, Daniel. Daniel chapter 2 in verse 48. Daniel 2 verse 48. And what we see here is that um, it's where Daniel's been uh, promoted by King Nebuchadnezzar. Verse 47, the king answered and said to Daniel, Truly your God is God of gods and Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you have been able to reveal this mystery. Then the king gave Daniel high honors and many great gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief prefect over all the wise men, magi of Babylon. So it's very simple there, very uh, clear of, of the, the influence, the, uh, the way that Daniel was able to then share about the living God with these others. That's what we believe happened. So Daniel being faithful in passing on faithfulness passing on the truth to others. Now, what we have then is here are these magi and they said they saw from the east where they were, they saw a star rise up. So somehow they understood what that was about. And so they followed. So your journey, remember your journey was initiated by God. You didn't go searching for God. Those wise men didn't go searching for God at this point yet. God initiated things and God initiated things in your life and my life to bring us to faith in Christ. Okay? Then secondly, this journey requires your response. It requires it. That's the key because they knew something. The wise men knew something of this star. And they packed up, and what did they do? They went. So, number two is that they responded by going. They responded by saying, let's go on this search. And we're going to follow this star. 
Well, I've just added these references along with Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, with James chapter 1, verse 22 through 25, about knowing and doing. That's what we started our, our introduction about. It's not just knowing, it's knowing and doing. And that's letter A, knowing, letter B, doing. So these are basic steps for the Christian life. These, this is what the, the Magi demonstrated. They knew something and they went. We know. This is what we say we know. Will we follow with doing in our lives? Mark down, if you're taking notes, 1 John chapter 1, 1 through 3. Similar thing there. It's about wanting to understand these things. We've, we've heard the message and we've seen with our eyes and we've handled with our hands and so that we might have fellowship with God in our fellowship is with him and we want that's what John is writing there at the beginning of 1 John chapter 1 that it goes from just from knowing to doing and we'll find that all throughout scripture so the idea here is listen to this <laughs> were the magi did they know everything about Judaism maybe they understood about Judaism but they didn't know everything to know but yet they went they went ahead and followed So go with what you know. Keep asking God for truth to shine truth and to shed more light of truth so that you would keep following in that way. The Magi went with what they knew. Okay? And they arrived in Jerusalem basically with a conviction already in their minds and hearts. We are here to see the King. And we want to worship Him. It was like, that's their conviction. This wasn't just a shopping thing. Hey, let's go check this out. (laughs) No, they had a conviction. And as we go along on this journey, it's initiated by God. It requires your response to what you know, a response to what you know. And then third, it admits a need. They came into Jerusalem and they were asking the question. They weren't declaring that they knew everything. They came in asking a question. Where is he? They had to find out more. Guess what? Is there anyone here that has it all put together? And, you know, we, we got, you know, you're going to be the know-it-all. And you No, we're continuing on this journey to learn more. We, we need to learn more. And that, you know what? It's a problem in church because some of you have been here for 60 years (laughs) or whatever, and you're not a know-it-all. You don't know it all. And so we keep coming back week after week. Why? So the word of God might wash through our minds and bring forth God's blessing, God's revelation to your heart. See, we're prone to wander. We're like little sheep. You might be old and stinky more than the younger stinky ones. But you need to keep close to the shepherd of your soul. Keep learning. Keep growing. You admit your need, letter A, to gain further counsel. That's what they did. They walked into Jerusalem. And maybe they were assuming they would find him in Jerusalem because it's the capital. It's the big place. (laughs) And... And you know what? 
They, they show up in Jerusalem and hear God, in his sovereign orchestration of it all, God uses wicked King Herod in the midst of it. A wicked king. A crazed king. A man that's got paranoia just oozing out of him. You realize what he did because of wanting to maintain his, his control on things? He was simply a puppet. He was a puppet king assigned from Rome. And yet he was so paranoid, he killed his own family members to maintain his rule. He would kill his own family members. Well, of course, when the report came, and here's, this is no slouch group of, of men showing up, the, the Magi, they're no slouch group. They show up and they're asking this question, where is he who was born king? What? what, what? <laughs> alarm, 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 right? For Herod, he's like, no, 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 no. No, just rage almost in his mind starting there. And rage came, didn't it? The rage came. And he had soldiers go and slaughter little boys in that community. So, the guys, the magi, when I say guys, I mean the magi here. They didn't hang out and get little points with uh, King Herod. They didn't, they didn't think about gaining points with King Herod. They just said, we want to know. King Herod went and got the experts. And they found out and they quoted Micah 5.2 saying, he'll be born in, in Bethlehem. Okay. And Herod took him aside. You know, hey, we, uh, let's have some time here. Verse 7. Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And, and he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, go, go and search diligently for the child. And when you find him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. <sighs> Not going to happen. But that's what he was trying to deceive them with. He wasn't planning on that at all. But the point is, we, we're here in number, point number three, admit your need of learning more. Gain more counsel and then let her be press on. Just move on ahead. Keep moving on to learn more and go where God would have you to go. And that's what the, the wise men did, the, the magi. They pressed on and they went to Bethlehem. There was no socializing with the, the big dude in Jerusalem. And then even the idea of the scribes and Pharisees, the, the, the experts that pointed out Micah 5 too. You know, there's no uh, deliberating with them either. Hey, let's sit down and talk what we know. Let's, let's share theology here. Now, those things are important. Theology is important. Very critical, foundational for us. But the wise men were saying, we're on the go. We're pressing on to go where God would have us. Okay? And it's noteworthy that they didn't settle to stay in Jerusalem where all this was available for them. They moved on. And this is the thing. We need to liken it to being sheep who need guidance and protection. Had they hung out at Jerusalem, they were, they were going to have to need some guidance and protection from what they were hearing. Why? Why didn't the experts in religion come to Bethlehem? 
We don't know. We're speculating there. But why didn't... It, it seems as though we would have heard that. It's something to think about. And it's something for us to learn about. Don't just know about something. Go. Right? Do. That's the idea behind what Scripture is teaching us. The, the Magi were focused and determined... And I believe underneath it all was God's sustaining grace, guiding them, protecting them. Okay. And we see in point number four on the back side of your outline, it's all fueled by scripture. And so here's a little side note about this is this journey is fueled by God's word. Here's the the most important revelation for us. We don't get. The, the star in the sky, like they did, we've got God's word. It's even better than a star in the sky. God's word is our revelation, unfolding his truth. And he's given it to us in his word. So this is a, I, these subpoints under number four are important because in our day and age, we're, we're really into, well, here's my teacher. I'm of Paul. I am of Apollos. I am of Cephas. I am of Chuck Swindoll. I am of Charles Stanley. I am of John MacArthur. I am of John Piper. All those teachers, we latch on to them. And what are we supposed to learn from this? Don't seek the teacher, letter A, but seek, letter B, seek the truth. It's great to have good teachers, but seek the truth. Keep seeking the truth. This is what the the Magi did. They didn't... Again, Jerusalem was, you know, it was like, whoa, look at all those guys. They really know their stuff. Big deal. They didn't... What? They didn't... As far as we know, they didn't go. They stood back and uh, kept into their thing. And it was all about... It was all about them. That's what we see throughout the rest of the Gospels. It was all about them. They wanted to be showy. They wanted to show how much they knew and, and, and all their highfalutin stuff in their lives. So it's critically important. Listen, Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Thy word is what? A lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. If you will take time to let that sink in your mind and your heart, that's going to help you in this understanding that our lives need to be fueled by Scripture. And most of us understand that and agree with that, but we don't do it. We don't have that happen. We, we need to have that happen more and more, that our lives are fueled by Scripture and our decisions are made with the lens of Scripture before our eyes. That's what we need. God's going to shed more light on the Magi as they go. Because the remember, the light reappeared. The star reappeared. And it's interesting, you know, if you really study these verses and look at it, was it really a star? I mean, under our definition of a star, a star is pretty high up there in the sky. 
out in the universe. What's the closest star we have? I think it's the sun. And um, so here's, here's this idea of the star. Was it something natural in God's creation or something supernatural? I believe it was supernatural when you just sink, let it sink in and, and, and think it through. And some even, and I like this, some commentators even say, you know what? Maybe this was the Shekinah glory. The Shekinah glory that departed from the temple and they, they named that one child Ichabod. Why? The spirit had departed from the temple. And it could very well be. I'm not saying it was. It might have been just a, a, a supernatural thing that God just did. But when God shows up, when God shows up to earth, I'm just kind of thinking maybe that's Shekinah glory again. Okay? So, remember... This is what fuels our lives. Here's, they got the word of God in the prophecy from the experts and they went, they went to Bethlehem. Okay? And then point number five, what does it lead to? All these things build up to lead us to the Savior. Leads us to the Savior. Life's greatest treasure. However, you need to make sure that it's being defined as Jesus because we are prone, listen, we are prone to make something out to be a savior for us. We want something else to be a savior, something that we like, something that we control. But market, they went and found Jesus. Now, as they were going, you see it in, in chapter 2, verses 9 uh, starting at verse 9, let's look at it. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. There's great joy, letter A in your outline. There's great joy when we see God's leading, God's work <laughs> to guide us. Okay? And it's a great joy of anticipation for what God's going to do. And then letter B, it leads to great worship. And this is pure and simple worship. I want you to pay attention to this because of their attention. When going into the house, verse 11, look at it. Going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped her. Thank you. Thank you. If you weren't paying attention, we've got a problem in this world where many will worship her. They, there was no emphasis on Mary other than she was holding the baby. They fell down and worshipped him. It was all about him. There's a king, not a queen. There's a king. We want to go worship him. Okay? So their attention was on Jesus, not Mary, not Joseph. And by the way, they weren't at the manger. Sorry. 
They were now moved on to some house, some place that was now no longer the scene of the manger. Okay? And their attention was on Jesus. And then their adoration was displayed. Their faces bowed. They fell down before him. They fell down before the baby. And had the baby done anything? Had the baby done a miracle? Had the baby talked? No, they fell down because here's the king, born a king. See, I I emphasize that because a lot of times we are more prone to worship him because of here's he's blessed me. He's really blessed me. And yes, that's important. I don't want to put that down at all. It's important that we worship him because he's blessed us. But you know what's more important? We worship him for what? For who he is. He's born king. He's born a king. And they fell down and worshiped him. And then their affection. Their affection. Let's let's get the gifts. Let's bring out the gifts. And you know, (laughs) these gifts were no leftovers. They weren't hand-me-downs. They were expensive and costly. What a, what a great picture of extravagant worship, right? So their worship was not based on anything the king had accomplished yet. He would. He would accomplish a perfect salvation. But they worshipped him for who he was. You know, before we hit the last uh, point, letter C, we've got under number five, it leads to the Savior. It's life's greatest treasure. This is Jesus, not some phony thing, but it brings great joy, letter A, brings great worship, pure and simple in letter B. And I want us to back up a bit and recall these other characters, these other um, people in the scene in Jerusalem. It's important that we take a moment and remember, here's Herod, remember? His total hostility towards any, anything uh, competing for his kingship. But also the people, the experts in Jerusalem... It's really, this is a picture of the darkness of unbelief, okay? The business, the problem of unbelief. And you know what happens is that that builds in the story of Jesus, doesn't it? John chapter 1 tells us, He came unto His own and His what? His own did not receive Him. And later on, and mark it down, Luke chapter 19, verse 14. Luke 19, verse 14. And the people are there in Jerusalem again, rising up saying, we do not want this man to reign over us. That's after they realized Jesus wasn't about a political takeover. And that they knew that, you know, he wasn't going to snap one of his miracles into place and wipe out Rome. His kingdom was of another mindset. And so the people said what? Let's crucify him. And they rejected him. Okay? So it's important that we 
bring this together and understand, you know what? The wise men carried on. They kept, you know, they, they found him and they worshiped him. And it leads to this. Letter C under number five is great guidance. Great guidance. Why? Look at Matthew chapter 2, verse 12. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. They had, they had given forth their gifts in worship. And quickly, gold obviously was for a king. Gold was for the king. And the idea there is that the king would reign over us. And that the king would reign in our lives. Frankincense was for his priestly duty. That he might represent us. And he represented us on the cross. And myrrh was that it followed along with his very sacrifice of dying on the cross and being buried all to redeem us. So, but this guidance that we have, it, it, that the, the Magi had, was because God is again leading and guiding. And what I, what I believe is the point is that you and I would grow step by step in faith, in maturity, in our faith in Christ. Okay? Move on with steps of faith. Don't try and leap, but move on. The Bible says over and over again, walk this way. Walk in the light. Walk by faith. And it's a step-by-step procedure. We all know that. And it moves us on in this journey of life. Trusting God in His guidance. You know how many times this idea in verse 12 comes up? In verse 12, it says, being warned in a dream. This is from God. Happens five times in these two chapters, chapter 1 and 2. Five times. God's leading. God's guiding. And you know what? Through it, God's protecting. Why? Because two of them deal with Joseph having a dream, getting out of that town and getting down to Egypt. And then Joseph having another dream. And God's speaking to his heart to say, now it's time to get back. And they eventually get back to Nazareth. See, God's in the business of leading and guiding his children. But you know what the key is? is Here's the word of God. So, what do we have here? The lesson from the wise men is all about the king. It was all about the savior. Seeking him out, no matter what it cost. Not getting sidetracked. Continuing on, even when there was a delay, a detour, if you will, into Jerusalem. Continuing on to that encounter. No matter what those detours were about. Continuing on. Expecting more light to guide and direct. And then coming to fall down and worship Him. Seeing Him. Falling down before Him. Opening their treasures. Moving on then in obedience and trust in God's guidance. Is that what you want, my friend? I, I hope that you're not satisfied with a level of knowledge that you have. That's good. 
But that knowledge, that level of knowledge needs to be accompanied by, let's go, let's move, let's step out, let's keep walking in faith and putting into action what God wants. I tell you, that I know if, if we're to sit down and talk one-on-one, I know that's, that's what I have a difficulty with. I can say, well, I know this, I know that. I can talk with you about this and that. But in the end, it's not that big of a deal. What really matters is when there's action in your life. You know, Matthew chapter 7 talks about it. Some people come to Jesus and say, well, didn't we do this in your name? And didn't we do this in your name? He says, depart from me, I never knew you. So an intimate knowledge of Jesus is what we want to bring forth, not just an acquaintance. And we want to call you to that intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. We want to call you, if you've not yet done this, we want to call you to acknowledge your sin before a holy God. Acknowledge that He will punish sin. He will judge sin. He will do that. He'll come through with his word. Remember, he did it with the Messiah. He brought forth the Messiah, kept his word, and he will keep his word in the future. And he will judge sin unless you're already under his cover, under his refuge. Have you run to Jesus for refuge? Have you proclaimed him and honored him and crowned him as king of your life? King of my life, I crown thee now. Thine shall the glory be. Folks, you need to make sure that's happened in your life. Don't just know about it. Today, if, if you're unsure about that, please talk to one of us. I'd love to talk to you about this. You know, don't... Don't walk away acting like everything's fine if you know in the depths of your heart you're not right with the king. So, for the rest of you, as we have heard and know about this story, let's move on in obedience and trust to what God's revealed to us. And again, what he's revealed is is all right here. This is what you need to know right here in the word of God for your faith, for your growth in faith. Let's stand together as we close. Psalm 119. I'll read this verse again, and then there's another passage that I'm reading in this chapter. Psalm 119 is all about the the law of the Lord, the, the Word of God. Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your testimonies are wonderful. Therefore, my soul keeps them. The unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. I open my mouth and I pant because I long for your commandments. Turn to me and be gracious to me as is your way with those who love your name. Keep steady my steps according to your promise. And let no iniquity get dominion over me. Redeem me from man's oppression. 
that I may keep your precepts. Make your face shine upon your servant and teach me your statutes. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the the wonderful truths. All of it is truth, but we thank you for the wonderful gems that we find And today, Lord, we thank you for, again, the reminder about the Magi and their journey, relating it to our journey, dear God. Help us to keep our eyes on you in this life. We know, Lord, that there's many distractions. Oh, the popularity thing pulls at us. We want to hear from the latest teachers. We get swayed by what politicians say. Lord, I pray that we would remember that it's about Jesus worshiping the King. May we be found doing that today and through this week. And Lord, as we build up to the uh, wonderful celebration of Christmas time, help us, Lord, in maintaining an eye on you, a heart that is devoted to you. Lord, make your face shine upon your servants and teach us your ways. Amen. Here, before we're dismissed, let me mention this real quickly. Um, I want to encourage you to invite a neighbor or a friend to come Wednesday night at our candlelight service, okay? Got some uh, wonderful special music planned out. And then also, we'll be having a baptism service come January. And some of you I know, you just keep pushing it off. I want to encourage you about coming and talking to us about a baptism, your baptism, and being a a part of that in January. And then finally, um, remember our our, uh, new members, there will be a new members class that will start up in January also. We want to encourage you to make a note of that and be a part of that. You know, we've got some folks back from, like uh, Monty mentioned, we've got some folks back from college, and uh, welcome them, and uh, have a great day. God bless you.